Hello, this is Terry Angus and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Happy Friday, everyone. After a Selhurst stalemate, we decided to wait to record until we had progressed into the next round of the Carabao Cup with a slim victory against our brothers from another parachute payment in Norwich on Wednesday evening. That's a total of three games undefeated now, and with our game against Ipswich lined up and more Premier League teams drawn together, there is the fruity feeling that perhaps, just perhaps, we can dig quite deep into this competition. It feels like it's a good time to be doing so, and it also feels like a fairly good time to be facing Chelsea on Monday night under the lights. Can we do it again? We bloody hope so. With me to talk all things Cup, League, Chelsea and tickets are Morgan Calton and Don Love with me, J-Mac, on your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. Right, lads, uh, quite exciting doing a pod uh, on 5.30 on a Thursday evening because you've got the, the evening afterwards and you also just, um, yeah, we don't usually do that and it's because it's the game on the Monday night, we've got more more time for listeners to listen. Anyway, Borgs, I digress. Your thoughts on the game as you were there firsthand. How did you find the game and just your general thoughts and how dominant we were? Uh, it was a good game, actually. It was, um, you know, it was a bit of a... Uh, at times it felt one-sided, but... Also, on the other hand, Norwich had some really good chances in the game. Uh, the actual, it was, I mean, the ground was half full, which uh, obviously was fuller for the Spurs game, but it would have been better if there were a few more people. I took uh, my place in the in the posh seats for a mere £30, as opposed to yeah. whatever it might be in the future. Um, and, you know, we played some really good stuff. Uh, we passed the ball around nicely. We dominated possession uh, we had some really good performances. I think, um, you know, I have to mention uh, Bolotore because I think he had a fantastic yeah. debut uh, in the hour or so that he played. And Castagna was decent. Just the, all the teams seemed quite cohesive when, you know, it wasn't a, a B team, but it was certainly using our squad depth, which on the face of it looks okay. But, uh, you know, Norwich, they were dominated. They were playing on the break. It was a bit like playing Luton. Right. In a sense that they were just, you know, trying to sort of uh, get in. They were quite physical and they tried to get into us. But, you know, we were passing around beautifully. And <laughs> I think, you know, we we should have scored a few more. We were trying to walk the ball into the net a few times. And obviously, Vinny got his goal. but And uh, we got a uh, cracking second. But, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, Towards the end, it got a little bit nervy. Really? I mean, would you say that was down to some of our defending? Because I have heard some comments on Twitter and the like saying that, I mean, our defending looks quite shoddy at the moment and it's quite a worry. I don't know what your your thoughts are on that. Yeah, it was... When they hit us on the break, we were a bit slow in reacting. And I'm not quite sure if they could pinpoint a bad performance at the back. Okay. I think it was just a little bit sloppy. I mean, Diop... It kind of puts the fear of God in me whenever he passes it back to the keeper at the moment. I don't know what it is. Mm. It's like, it just keeps the. You just think maybe he's going to uh, one day pass it straight into uh, into his own goal. But I think him and Bassi looked okay. Um, I think the the goal Norwich scored was very sloppy. But I mean, part of that was down to uh, Polina's uh, poor back pass. Yeah, and I think you know it just it all fell apart at the back, and they nicked one. But uh, I like the look of um, Torre. He's very quick. Um, he, he needs to work on his crossing. It's not very good. And, As you said in the group, but, he'll uh, fit right in. Then, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of, it looks like he'll, um, you know, it, it could be the fact he hasn't played for a while, a bit rusty, but uh, he's definitely got pace on him. And I think with, uh, if he's there sort of overlapping, he'll cause, he'll cause problems uh, because the defenders will be chasing him down. But whether he actually sort of uh, causes problems with his passing is, uh, is another matter. Yeah, well, certainly an upgrade on Kazawa from last season. That's one good thing for sure. Well, I mean, he was fit. Yeah, I well, mean, that, that, that does help. Yeah. But Kazawa <laughs> uh, did like a goal or two in a cup run. So that's that's quite good, I suppose. But yeah. yeah. I, I think it was it was just one of those games. I mean, Rodak had a decent game, I think. And I think it was, it's, you know, it's, it's nice to see him get his game time in there because obviously with Bender signing, there's a good chance that he might be off in January. Um, maybe on loan or permanent, mm. and I think you know it's quite it's quite nice to sort of you know appreciate him while he's here because he obviously he's been a good servant to the club. While he you know he may he's nowhere near Leno's level, he's certainly not uh, caused a fuss since he's been demoted to the bench. Yeah, so I think it was nice to see him play. I think uh, of of all the performances that I saw last night, I think the worst one was from Kearney actually, and he kind of he just wasn't really at the races for most of the game. Well, that's a shame. Um, which is uh yeah it was a bit of a shame because obviously he was there he was at the back well he was uh, in the uh the number eight role and whilst you know he wasn't he wasn't bad I think he probably just he got a bit of a kick a couple of times and Polina as well sort of got a bit of a kick and he wasn't quite the same after that and I think he just yeah he didn't quite look uh, as up for it as some of the other players. So, like Awobi was all over the place and William was good. Yeah, was uh, Awobi in more in that sort yeah. of number ten kind of role than a front of yeah. one? Yeah, he, he replaced uh, Pereira. Great in that role, um, and he he looked good. I mean, uh, he's he brings a lot of energy to the team. He's a different player uh, to Pereira. I mean, obviously Pereira has been excellent for us, uh, but um, yeah, he was uh, he was all over the place, which. And obviously his goal was very well taken. I mean, the, the, the whole passing move for the goal was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, uh, Norwich might look like sort of Brazil in their kit, but I mean, they passed it <laughs> around in the back like a sort of Sunday league team at one point. But I mean, that's the thing. If I was a Norwich fan, you know, you look at them pass from the back against a Premier League team and it's just like, why, why would you do that? Just, you know, go back a little bit old school, clear the ball, don't get caught at the back. It was proper sort of, you know, hospital uh, pass situation. And, you know, thankfully we capitalised on it. Don, I feel really sorry to bring this on to you now because Mew and I were not, the streaming gods were not kind to us. So we can't talk as in depth as Morgs has just done for about six minutes there, unfortunately. But I, in terms of like what we've learned from this game and the result, is there anything that stands out to you? For instance, Morgan's mentions of Wobi. It seems very good that Marcus Silva's comments after the game were very clear that he really wanted this guy and knew him very well from Everton he brought him in to Everton he says and just that his role centrally is going to be very important for us I think yeah sadly here in the states ESPN chose that this was a game they were not going to broadcast so we were, their streams were not to be had you know for anybody who was trying to find it and, and watch the games even somewhat live. right but I did listen to gentleman Jim you know yeah. and he seemed very upbeat about him, you know, uh, Awobi the whole time, you know, he, it sounded like he had great movement. And then I watched the highlights. He, he looks like a lively player that, you know, could really add something to the team, you know, or bring a different perspective, at least, you know, a, a different balance yeah. to it. Uh, as, as Morgan said in the highlights, the, the movement of the ball actually down that left-hand side, which you got to give Torrey credit. You know, he was a part of all that stuff uh, with, with William and all that. So 
it was a great goal, great movement. It looks effortless, um, actually, the goal. Like, and, yeah. You know, that's that's what you want to see is that kind of stuff from a player who's sitting on the bench and not getting, you know, complete starts all the time. So there were, that's awesome that that's a, a different role that or different person we could drop in rather than yeah, Tom. Yeah, there, there were always really good reviews on um, on Awobi from Arsene Wenger when he was still manager at Arsenal. And like, there was obviously a huge... Did I say... French accent. <laughs> Sorry. How... how I can't do it. But the thing is, what I would say is that with Awobi... I don't think half the people in the uh, football world could say his last name or want to say Honestly, name, so. I tried to look up how to pronounce um, uh, Balotori's first name because it's like, it's Foda or Foda or Foda. Well, a, he's French, so I don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, kudos to him. But Bolo, let's call him Bolo. But what I will say is that with Awobi there, and I'm not just saying this because he's got beautiful long hair like Anguissa did, but it is nice to have a sort of number eight or attacking sort of central midfielder now who can carry the ball forwards a lot more. I'm not saying he's anywhere near the level of what Anguissa provided us, but there is that sort of magic that you feel that Awobi can bring, and that's very exciting. I, oh, I don't I don't know. I think you're saying he's not near the level of Anguissa. I mean, what I've seen the last couple of games from, Iwobi when he's played I think he's offered more than Anguissa already to be honest I know well, that's great moments. then I mean he's just very different player I'll tell you but, yeah. what I could see him doing I'll, t- I'll tell you what I could see him doing and this could be really a, a good thing you know for us because he does look so creative and so uh, more attacking is if you're playing a team and you've got like Reed in there and he is Energizer Bunny like crazy wearing everybody down mm. you've got tired legs and stuff and then you turn around and swap him with Iwobi and he comes in fast and attacking, you know, and you could probably see some things happening, you know, some goals being shot and maybe a sloppy goalie, somebody picks up to pieces again and more goals. So it's it's not a bad thing at all. Oh, I think he's definitely better through the middle. I mean, we saw him <clears throat> in first game of the season, we saw him out on the left wing for Everton. And he kind of, he looked very energetic and he was getting behind Tete quite a lot. But I think he's definitely better suited down the middle by the looks of it. I mean, mm. from you know my limited knowledge, but he he just yeah he does offer that something a little bit different. I mean, certainly um, if he's played in Reed's role and they sort of you know, change them in and out, it's it will sort of uh, you know whilst teams are getting used to that, it will offer a different dynamic, which is great. And I think that's what you need if you get a player. You ju- you always need you know Polinius or you know after January, next season, someone mm. else in that sort of holding midfield role, tidying it up. But to have either Reed or Iwobi doing different things <clears throat> in that number eight, I think, yeah, it's good. We just need someone who can finish. You know, if he's going to be playing like this, especially if uh, he gets pushed out onto the right-hand side, he could be the new person that... Bobby's going back and forth with as far as who's playing in that position and Wilson. Well, Wilson wasn't bad this game. He provided the assist. Yeah, Yeah. Wilson was good last night. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying it's another. That's another well, yeah. person that they've got to compete. We do with seem to have a lot of players that can there, play so. quite a few multiple positions now, which is going to we're going to need that for our lack of uh, our lack of uh, goal scorers at the moment. But let's talk about the goal scorer in Vinicius. So this is the thing now. So we can bring this on from Crystal Palace. Jimenez played and you know did that sort of square to uh, Pereira, which was overshot or really should have actually shot the ball, but obviously he's low on confidence and wants to help the team out more. You feel like really Vinicius should be starting against Chelsea now, even though he did he did actually miss an absolute sitter. Um, that was really frustrating for, to make it to. But yeah, I was, right really, yeah. Well. But, I was in line with it and I was like, 
But what would you think? Would you say Vinicius needs to start against Chelsea because of his recent performances, especially beating Chelsea in the last time we faced them at home? I don't know. I kind of think it's six one half a dozen another, really. I think Jimenez... I know he's trying hard, although, to be fair, I was watching... I was at the Palace game and watching him sort of off the ball and he... He seems not to have a huge amount of energy. I might be being harsh, but mm. um, obviously he had the uh, chance in the first half, which he, to be fair, he took down very well. And it was just a good save from Johnston that's kept it out. I mean, that second half one where I think he just got caught with two minds, really, whether to shoot or pass. Um, yeah. But I guess, you know, Vinicius has scored, you know, a couple of goals now and Jimenez hasn't really, so... Based on based on that, you would give uh, you'd probably give Vinicius the start, but I do think that uh, Marco pref- well not prefers Jimenez, but I think he puts his trust in him at yeah. this point. So I think we'll probably see um, Jimenez start on whatever it was Monday. He wasn't on the bench last night, I don't think, and that's why Mooney's uh, got on. Who actually, to be fair, he looked quite lively. Yeah, missed he, um, uh, he nearly got a headed goal in that. Look, yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was a good header. It was, I mean, great save. Uh, George Long in goal for Norwich had uh, he had a pretty decent game actually. Um, so I don't know. Vinicius scored from you know six inches out. It wasn't like he. It was great movement stuff like that. Uh, I could have scored that. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, I would have been about sort of thirty yards away trying to sort of. <laughs> Blow up my ass trying to get <laughs> to the pitch, but <laughs> you. he kind of. But then he did. Uh, then he did. Um, he did absolutely squander this chance in the second half. Uh, you've probably seen the highlight of it now. Um, yeah. But yeah, the ball came across, and all he had to do was just left of, like, foot. poke it in. Probably his left foot. Yeah, and I think actually in the same way that um, uh, Kearney had a a good chance in the second half to just. Do what he does with, you know, his left foot, you know, those beautiful curlers that he's put away in the yeah. past. And it came onto his right foot and you just immediately saw him shit himself and just try and sort of get back on his left foot and the chance went away. So, you know, again, fell over his own feet, probably a sire, you know, it, it kind of typifies <clears throat> what uh, Vinicius is about. You know, he'll score a goal, but then he'll um, fall on his face and a few minutes later. Mm. Uh, so I kind of, I think... On merit, I would give Vinicius the start because he scored. Uh, but I reckon we'll see uh, Raul back in the side on Monday. They're two different players, though. Completely, you you got to agree, uh, Vinicius and Jimenez. Uh, you know, he, Vinny is more not like Metro, but they they play it like that. You know, they they kind of do play a little more looking for him versus. I don't see that with Jimenez. You know, he's more, he drops in, he's trying to be creative. So it's really, you know, you, we don't have, and it's been said to death now, we don't have that Mitchell player who used to do both. He, he literally would drop back when he knew things weren't happening and he would be creative and make things happen, and, you know, and, and it threw defenders off. And then he would be that guy that would get in the box and he would jostle around and stay tough and make things happen that way. So it's two different players in my mind, and they're they're trying to play For sure. different ways. I think what I will say is that the the Jimenez and Vinicius debate seems like it's going to go on for quite a 
quite a while. But my point on it will be is that we we were so lucky to have a striker like Mitrovic. Like not many teams of our ranking in the league would have a striker that good or that consistent. So we now have to sort of suffer ourselves a bit to be a bit like the team we've just played in the league in Crystal Palace, where you've got two strikers like Eduardo and Mateta that aren't actually all around that great. Like they score they score some goals, but they're not exactly prolific. And that's what we have to have for the time being with our situation with Vinicius and Jimenez. I think Jimenez is doing the right things, just not scoring, and I believe that was sort of what Vinicius was doing at the beginning. So there is there is some light maybe at the end of the tunnel for Jimenez. I, I do I will give him the old ten game ten league games until I can officially say, well, let's just let's do something else. But I don't know. You know that you you read online on the different social media stuff where a lot of people are oh well, why, why don't we just play you know uh, Muniz and, and Vinny together or you know something like that and get two Marcos strikers never done it and play you off know, each other. <laughs> Yeah. I realize he's never done it, but I also just think right now we aren't a good enough team to be able to sacrifice yeah, definitely. in the midfield like that. You know, we've got to kind of drop back more, play like a 4-2, four, a four you know, type situation. Well, yeah, but, and we should also be getting the best out of Willian. I, mean, I know Willian is getting older and older as, we, as the days go on, but I mean, what was your opinion? I wish to God I could play like him sure. t- today. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, he's, he's so energetic. As a I mean, it's like we, we, I think we just need to player. ignore his age. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. He's he's fit. He's uh, you know, he's got he's full of energy. We don't need to think about the fact he's thirty four. Well, using using the Palace like you know theory that I was saying with you know Mateta and Edward um, Edward not being that great, they always had Zaha to create some sort of magic. If we can get that from one of our forwards, be it it won't be a damage try or he'll provide something off the bench like you know to equalize maybe but if we, if we can get Willian to the level that he was last season I mean were there any signs that he was improving more because I know Silver at the end of the match last night said how he didn't have the best preseason the pitches in America are different yada yada I mean did he seem like he's just getting more and more of his mojo back to you uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to tell against a team like Norwich. I mean, sort of, you know, fair play to them. They gave it a good go. Uh, but he looked like he was having fun when he was playing. And I think he was, um, he seemed to link up quite well with um, Bello Torre and stuff. So, and he was doing his usual thing of sort of running at defences, sort of, you know, cutting in, all that sort of stuff. But he was doing it against Palace as well. So I think I think he's definitely getting up to his sharpness that we saw last season. Um, I think that's, uh, you know, it, time will tell over the next few games if we're going to see the same William that we had last year. But obviously, you know, as you're saying, you know, we now have the situation with the strikers that we do need to rely on other players around them to get goals. And I think you that's... Know, you, you look down the left-hand side right now, and if William's playing, along with Pereira and uh, Anthony, we got a lot of the attack coming down the left. That, that's a pretty solid side. It's the right side, I hate to say it, and kind of through the middle that we're not very creative right now. And that's huge. That, that is two-thirds of the pitch that we are just not really super creative. And what I mean by that is we don't do a lot of the great passing. Like the, the, the last goal that, uh, for, for us against Norwich, that was awesome. The way it was back and forth, back and forth, and they were looking for each other. We don't do a lot of that right now, it seems like. It happens sporadically. You know, it's more times it seems like somebody gets their head down, they dribble as far as they can, they run into a brick wall, or we give away a, a, a bad pass, you know, a wayward pass, and give up possession. I'm not seeing a lot of the connectivity. You're not seeing two, three, four passes that create something in the box, and then your striker's right there to finish it. I got. It's, I, it's I, just not happening. I would. I would slightly disagree on the um, the right hand side. I think. Uh, 
you know, Wilson last night showed that he has got quality. And I think he was, uh, you know, he was one of the better players on the pitch, in fact, in my opinion, anyway. And, uh, yeah, some of his crossing was uh, a little bit sort of, uh, well, not great, I think of a better word. Um, but then, obviously, that comes with the fact that he's a left footer playing on, on the right-hand side. So he's having yeah. to cut in. Thanks. But his actual movement was good. Him and Castagne are, you know, they look Well, can, can I just quickly talk about Castagne? Because that's another yeah. point we can bring on from Palace before we move on to other things. Because obviously Castagne um, is starting, everyone was raving about Castagne in that right-back role. Obviously you saw him at left-back for Luton and it, it was really solid. But at right-back, everyone was saying how we've got a fantastic rotator now for Kenny. And I just want to, yeah, it just seems like that's a, a really good thing. I mean, it just the fact that we've got these. Well, I know it's too early to call in Balotelli. It's just been one game, but with that we have these very adequate fullbacks for rotation now. It's obviously very good for us in a Marcus Silva side. Just, just your thoughts on Castagno, as you were about to say, basically, mate. Yeah, yeah, I think he's um, he's different to Kenny. He's um, actually well, he's not as quick, no, obviously, um, and I don't think he's going to be quite as uh, attacking. But he looks solid. And he links up well with Wilson and whoever's on the right um, with them. So I think I'm really happy with him as a signing. I think he's great. Me too. I think, yeah. uh, I, think I think Kenny's a better right back overall and offers a little bit more. But if he comes in and he's you know he's on the team sheet, I have no qualms about it whatsoever because I think he's he's just adds a little bit more uh, defensively. Although to saying that, you know, Kenny's. Um, uh, defensive stats last year were awesome so yeah. maybe I'm just be a bit harsh there but he just seems like he's a little less of a um, uh, wandering right uh, back you know you will we'll know that he's sort of the back um, most of the it's, time it's good though so, I mean like, it does feel like we're getting I know Sarge likes to make the point that we haven't really improved our first eleven because of the the no upgrade of Mitrovic and just just other certain elements as well. But it does feel that like also we do actually have quite good depth um, other than the striking department. Maybe obviously not on the right wing, but everything everywhere else seems quite tidy at the moment. I don't know. If, I've said that now. I remember Bassi came off injured. Hopefully he's not out for too long. I think it's a back injury. Uh, oh, I think he was okay. fine. I think he just he took a bit of a knock, and I think um, it was the last few minutes, and um, we were looking a little bit shaky at the back. Right, fair so. Enough. I think uh, Ream coming on was just there to sort of bring a bit of steadiness uh, in the last few minutes because, uh, you know, you don't want sort of a hobbling yeah, centre-back in that sort of instance. I think he didn't, he posted on something on Twitter or whatever okay. afterwards and didn't mention anything about the injury. So I'm sure he'll be Great fine. News. But I think we'll probably go back to, we'll go back to Diop and Ream against Chelsea anyway. Mm, so For sure. Because that seems to be working. Yeah, I, I agree with J-Mac there. You know, and what Luke is saying, I think you're right. The, the people that were brought in to help with the back four, the outside backs in particular, I think they were pretty good signings. And, and it's fairly solid. I want to say like we're, oh my God, you know, the top mm. half with our defenders in the league. It is the midfield still for me and obviously the strikers that I, I don't think we really – like, oh, my God, improved on. We didn't really bring that one or two players in, to me, that have that, oh, my God, creative flair that provide chances at goals. That a person like Vinny, who is there to clean up the mess and get those sloppy goals real quick, yeah. you know, which is not a bad thing. You want that kind of person, that poacher there. But we just don't have that person creating those kind of opportunities right now for those to happen. 
I don't know. Um, I think what I think you're seeing. We are not I, I think, seeing. I think you're seeing a glaring hole with Mitro not there because we do have the players because uh, we we haven't lost any creative players apart from Mitrovic. And I, I don't think, think I think you know I think you're. Uh, I think it is it is a glaring hole because Vinny isn't creative. Uh, you know, Jimenez is. I think he's trying to be creative, but he's not quite there. I just think it is with what we've got. I don't think we've lost quality. I just think we haven't replaced that really, really big part of the jigsaw. The point. What I'm not seeing this year is I'm not seeing a lot of those people who are trying to take shots from the edge of the box or uh, on the outside of the of the, uh, of the third final third or anything like that. I'm not saying, hey, you know, once you cross the halfway line, take a shot. I'm saying I'm not seeing people who are finding that quick opening, taking a chance, okay, putting the keeper under pressure that hopefully maybe he spills it. And this is what we got... People don't realize this or don't want to remember. That's what actually created a lot of goals for us, uh, you know, with Metro and other, you know, situations last year where Bobby was in the right place and managed yeah. to pick it up or, you know. So I, I, you can, you people can say, yeah, we improved. Yeah, I'm not convinced yet. I'm, I'm just not seeing the creativity that I think we really need to be in the super, like, solid mid to I think we're missing um a really informed Andreas Pereira like we had obviously he still needs to I mean he's had quite a big ankle injury I think he still might be just testing the water slightly with that I think we haven't seen the best from him yet he's been quite a bit a bit not invisible that's a bit harsh but like it hasn't been at his best let's just say that so I think we will see more of that as we go on I think a lot of those ricochet goals that you mentioned done also came from a night the the fact that we counterattacked really well with Palina breaking through lines and we, we haven't really had much much of that yeah I agree but hopefully against teams like Chelsea we'll be able to which we'll move on to now but last question which is very important Morgs were there any chance for uh, Shane Duffy on last night uh, is that finally put to bed or was it <laughs> yeah. right no he, he was there he came and um, uh, he came and uh, warmed up down in the corner beside the hammy end oh, brilliant uh, okay. and there were there were plenty of uh, plenty of chance in his favour he gave a little wave but I don't think he wanted to sort of show too much uh, appreciation for the Fulham fans when yeah. was, you know, in front of 3,000 Irish it, fans. It's already weird enough as it is. It's already weird enough as it is. Yeah. It's a bit strange, yeah. but you know, so, you've got to love a cult yeah, hero. Sure. Cult hero yeah. uh, like, let's talk about our draw really quickly, Don. We're against Ipswich. Obviously, uh, Norwich would have... I don't know if they would have loved or hated because obviously they're... It would have made a difference anyway because of the draw. You just never know what's going to happen. But obviously, they're big rivals, Norwich and Ipswich Town. Um, Ipswich seem like a, ta- uh, a, a town. They seem like a town really flying at the... They seem like a football club doing very yeah. well at the moment. Uh, you're doing really well in the championship. Flying seem like the Burnley of last season almost. The Athletic releases some very annoying article saying, are they the best team in England to watch? I mean, obviously, they're fucking not. It's Manchester City and like all the top teams in the Premier League. You know, But I mean, just your thoughts. Because it's going to be quite tough. I mean, going away... But it is a big chance to get further into this round because, as I said in the introduction, there are a lot of Premier League teams facing each other in this. And I, I do feel like if we get, we are getting closer to a, on a cup run here. I, I've not seen uh, any of their play this year, so I can't speak to... That's all right. None of us have. We just, like, we, we just hear but it. If you look at the table, they, yeah. if you look at the table, they, they, they seem very strong for you know a championship side they're sitting in second place the only reason they're not in first is goal differential and it's only by two goal differentials that they're not mm. in first so um 
Um, I do think, you know, they will be a good contest. You know, I think, you know, when Fulham play them, it'll be a good good game. Now, with that said, I, it's a better draw to me than getting For Newcastle sure. or Arsenal or, you know, Liverpool. So, I, I, you get to – you have a better chance of – you know, going even further down the line in the cups. It's so just that, the away vibe. I just feel like I don't know how seriously they'll take it with their team. What is the the problem with Ipswich? I'm I'm just curious because the minute it popped up, Wigo got in there and was like, oh, <laughs> why? He does that. I think why? he does that anyway. Yeah, but he yeah. does that anyway. Um, I, I think it might be down to the fact that you know it's away. We haven't had the best record there in over the years, um, and. They came back from 2-0 down against Wolves, uh, 1-3-2, and, you know, they're, yeah, they're playing some good football, apparently. But if you're going to progress in the Cup, then you kind of need to beat teams. And I think the fact that we've got a you kind, Champions League You kind of need again, to beat teams. Like, yeah, that's really funny. No, I get it. That was just funny. That was funny. But, yeah. You yeah, need to but, beat I mean, teams what, like so this. Kind of, yeah, you, that's you, what you're saying. I get it. Yeah, you, well, you, well, you need to be. You need to be all. That's teams. Yeah, that's true um, as well. Yeah. So, we're, we're, uh, because if you lose the, against teams, you get knocked out. Uh, <laughs> it's like a Michael Owen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think getting Ipswich in the next round is like yeah, we should be looking at that. Go okay, well yeah, as Dodd says, it's not Newcastle, it's not Arsenal, it's not Liverpool. So I would have preferved Mansfield or Port Vale. Yeah. Uh, or Exeter would have been, would have been you know, nice. Oh, Exeter, actually, no, because I don't think we can have played northern teams yet. <laughs> right. um, and I don't know what's north, Mansfield, yeah, that sounds yeah. north, isn't it? Um, so I think the fact it's away, it's, I've, I've not been to Portman Road, actually. Well, let's go together. But, uh, you know, just use that. Let's, okay. let's fire up the zip car, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Um, I've, yeah, let's yeah, do it let's Wednesday do that. night, that's, that's a date. Get, get our tractor. We should turn up in a tractor. Tractor boys, yeah. That's... <laughs> All right, man. That sounds good. Well, let's um, let's leave that there. Um, and we will now move on to Chelsea. Fulham. All right. So Chelsea are having a fucking terrible season and it's brilliant. And um, Don, just your thoughts on this game because it feels like, obviously, they got the win last night. Nicholas Jackson scored for them uh, in the Carabao Cup against... Who they play? Brighton. Brighton. Oh, okay, that's a good result. But still, Nicholas Jackson yeah. is unavailable to play against us, and they've got a number of other injuries going on. It just feels like the time is almost right again, like it was when Graham Potter was uh, their manager. Done. Yeah, uh, they've got a couple of different people that can't play for us. A lot of injuries, and then uh, who who just got the red card? Um, oh, Gusto. The, um, yeah, so yeah, the you know, there's some really important players for them that, that are going to be both we'll say that Oh, again. you won't know it. It's just named after a cooking box, isn't it? Oh, it's no, an it's English, English thing. thing. It's, a, it's, it's a cooking subscription. <laughs> yeah. it's, actually, it's actually very good. I recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? So. Oh, okay, yeah. It's better than, well, better than just better, yeah. There you go. We're, 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 we're plugging cooking stuff and, you know, we're well, going we to need to make sponsorship. We do need to get on that, actually. We could have just done a really good bit of business for them there. Yeah, never mind. It's all right. So at any rate, you know, there's some important Chelsea players out. But again, you're right. Chelsea is on a downward spiral. Chelsea, sadly, is one of those teams here in the States that you have a lot of plastic fans that, you know, the kids jump on it because it's so-called one of the big four teams or one yeah. of the five teams. Um, they've, they've had their day in their son. They've now got uh, a, a, an owner that I just, you know, 
you despise this kind of guy who just throws money at the wall and hopes something sticks and something paying good championship will come manager out of it. essentially it's, yeah yeah crazy yeah you know uh, actually uh, on that note what's um, is there i mean obviously Bowley being american the rams owner and stuff uh, is he yeah he's, no he's not rams owner is he who is he own I'm not an NFL guy, so oh, you're well, asking the wrong person. Uh, Sorry. But I mean, is he bald? What's, what's the is what's the what's the feeling about Bowley over there? Is he seen as a bit of a joke, or is he actually seen as a serious businessman? Again, I, I don't really know uh, anything for about fuck's him. Sake, I, we've got an American I, on the I, show, I, you know, for this. You're letting reason. everyone down. You're letting everyone <laughs> see, down. Yeah, no, so you want an American on the show to be able to talk to you about NFL people? <laughs> um, then okay. you got the wrong guy. Fine. Uh, All to, right. Touche. He um, he is um, owns twenty percent of the Los Angeles Dodgers and is also part owner of the Los Angeles Sparks. Apparently, I don't know what the Sparks. Uh, Los yeah, Angeles Sparks. Sparks. I don't know. This is Wikipedia, mate. I don't know. But yeah, he's um, he looks like a dick. So, so that's amazing. That's well, amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's coming across as one. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. I, I think anything that uh, you know, if he he came in, uh, you know, swinging his dick around um, when he sort of started in the role. Uh, you know all these ideas about you know new rules and sort of you know having a mid-season all-star game and all that and it's just like well maybe concentrate on getting your team right first uh, and fuck off until you right. do that and right now he's just throwing money at it Morgan could not be more oh god as an American he you you could not be more dead on on describing a, a stupid American coming in and making the rest of us look like for fucking complete idiots. I mean, this guy comes in. Uh, I'm going to sit on the sideline. I'm going to sit in the in, in the dugout. I'm going to, and you you don't fucking know shit about the game. I don't understand why you bought a team other than I guess you just want to be able to say, at some point you're hoping that you know you won a title or run a won a trophy mm-hmm. or something. But I I just. I can't stand these kind of things, okay, when, when this stuff happens. Because it really does make the rest of us who have been fans for all our life and actually know the game, play the game, you know, have refereed the game yeah. a couple different times, uh, although I didn't want to, um, look like complete morons. And I, I, I hate this kind of people with a passion. I just... I, I just It's good. Take Use your it. money, go retire, buy, a, buy an island, you know, do whatever... Rich people do, you know. They do. I mean, that's what rich people do the now. They buy, they buy I know, football but get, teams. They buy football teams. Yeah. It's become the, the trend. Um, and some yeah, like the LA Sparks. The LA Sparks, exactly. Do we think yeah, yeah, that actually, uh, do we actually think that maybe this team might start to click anytime soon? Because obviously what's happened is he's bought loads of new players and none of them have gelled yet. Their most senior team, the, the most senior team member in the midfield three is Enzo Fernandez and like so like that's just ridiculous because he's got they've got all these new signings still with Moises Caicedo with him and like, you just had to say this team's going to maybe start clicking well that's what I'm worried about yeah I'm always worried about stuff like that you're, you're going to jinx us. I think, I think last night's result us. against Brighton's actually it's a decent result for them I don't know what uh, sort of team Brighton put out but I mean that's obviously you know to beat them who are obviously on a bit of a, a bit of a streak at the moment is a decent win for them uh, I forgot that Jackson was suspended. Yeah, they'll put Armando so Brozier on instead, I imagine. But, I mean, he's... I no, he's, he's back now. Well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, is he back now? Okay. Um, and, obviously, well, Hello Fresh at the back, isn't no, he? No, you've got, you got Chilwell so, and Cucurella. You've got Levo Le- Colwell, so which is actually Colwell. all right, I suppose. Robert Sanchez in goal. But the, you, you, that's Cole a, yeah, Palmer that's they bought, who's fun. just 
bizarre. I mean, I mean, obviously a good youth player and like maybe the next Foden. I'm not sure, but just kind of like just a strange signing because I think they wanted to get Emil Smith Rowe and then they Arsenal said no, so they just decided to get Cole Palmer instead. It's just bizarre. But like, it, it's gonna take it's gonna take some very good management from Pochettino to get this team to click. They, they will get results along the way. I don't. I think obviously having this new set of players who you know they just haven't gelled. I mean, simple yeah. as that. But looks for um and which is great you know it's funny to see but at some point they will you have to imagine i mean unless uh Bowley decides to start sacking pochettino nah. and you know bringing in other managers well maybe know. i mean i mean probably in a few he seems like the months. kind of guy that sacks a manager every other month just because the yeah. guy but then i don't wrong. think i don't think uh pochettino's lost the dressing room yet i think he still garners respect within the dressing room um whereas potter never did, did you see and Did I you hear that interview been. with um, Pochettino when he was talking about um, Mudrick? And Mudrick was saying he, how he doesn't want to play the crossbar challenge with Pochettino anymore. But, and then Pochettino gives him this speech. This is what Pochettino said in the press conference, saying it's because you don't believe in yourself. And he just gave some sort of weird, like, you know, Merlin sort of speech to him. I'm just like, just shut up. Like, it's just, just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, Mudrick is just like, he looks like a weak as piss, to be honest. I mean, obviously there's a player in there, but I, I, feel, I still believe that Solomon was the better purchase for us last summer. But w- we need to talk about well we don't need to talk about it but I'll, I'll just say that I, I kind of fear the inconsistency of um, Raheem Sterling I just feel like there is a player there that suddenly can mm-hmm. just do something when he feels like it and it, uh, God knows it could be against us maybe a bit like Conor Gallagher as I'm well gonna, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to captain him in my are you really because yeah I haven't taken him out because I know if I do he's going to score a hat yeah yeah I like know what you mean so I'm leaving Fair him enough. in there so I'm going to I'm going to curse him by leaving him my okay. team um, because I, that's clear. Well, no, it right. is. It totally is. I mean, I'm having a mare at the moment. But anyway, we, we, we'll talk about it another time. Yeah. I actually had a really good week, so maybe I'm... Oh, good know. for you. Oh, yeah, you did. You got like 80 points. No, I, I, I Sorry, Don, go on. I definitely would not rule Chelsea out. You know, uh, uh, they, they... Of what? The game? Or, as, <laughs> uh, you know, as not being able to... You know, <laughs> yeah, it's two of us race, mate. I probably wouldn't rule them out. Either. Well, I'm just saying, I, I don't, don't count them out. They, they, they could show up and, you know, do a number on us. Uh, we really don't want to see that, and obviously, but... If you look at their 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 last few games, you know they're all over the place. They're able to, to you know, go one one versus Liverpool in the beginning. Then they get their asses handed to them by West Ham, who you know ends up getting a red card anyway. They they go against Forest, who's just barely below us, you know, and just lose only by one zero. So yeah, know, no, but they still lost against yeah. Forest. Yeah. Still. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, to you know, only lose one nil at home to Forest, or is it welcome? Everybody's and then they the beat right Brighton one zero. So you know, I think yeah. you, you just can't say right now. You're right, J Mac. If, if they start clicking, they could become dangerous. Let's hope that injuries and everything else just keep plaguing them, and they just keep spiraling out uh, yeah. and go downhill. But you know what? Then you guys get to say, "Look, another American fucking." That's, that's right. But you know what's really funny? If we win, if we win this, their next fixture fixtures are. Poorly, like this. Could, I mean, it, it, they could. Re- I mean, it could really destroy the, like their confidence if we beat them on Monday. Like the the results. They, uh, sorry, the fixtures they've got after that are really, really like tricky. I mean, I can't remember this. You've got like Man City in there. You've got Arsenal. You've got like loads of other top six teams. It looks. They'll probably, they'll probably be. Arsenal, Do you reckon? Though. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. It'd be something like well, I'm that. looking at it right now. It'd be Burnley, Chelsea, Brent, uh, Brentford, Blackburn Rovers, Tottenham. Man City, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
yeah. I don't think they're going down, but you know, it's a tough run of games. But actually, uh, on uh, on that note, I just found out the LA Sparks are the uh, LA's WNBA team. So we know he's not making any money from oh, that. Okay, well that's true. The, uh, the finances oh, of the okay. WNBA. Fair play, fair play. With all that in mind, do we just keep the team as it is? I mean, I imagine we've had the conversation whether it should be Vinicius or Jimenez, but we, as much as I think it should be Vinicius, we all seem to think it will be Jimenez because of not being on the bench, obviously being rested for this game and all the lovely words that Marco's saying about him. Um, I could imagine that would be the only thing that's probably people are questioning. It seems the team would pick itself other than that. I can see a Wobi starting. Okay, that's interesting. I hope you're right, yeah. Um, I think... Whether he uh, starts in place of Pereira or Reed is up for debate. Given Chelsea's potential attacking threat, despite the fact they haven't scored a league goal in about two years, um, I think there's a good chance he might put Reed in there still, and then Awobi instead of Pereira. I but, would definitely do that, definitely. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, we shall see. I think, he, as he's, you know, as you said, Awobi is Silver's player. And I think he just wanted to get him to speed. And I think, you know, he showed, uh, especially with his goal, how well he took that and his general play in the last couple of games when he's come on, I think he's definitely shown that he's ready to start. So I think he will be starting. If you take out Pereira, who is your creative guy on set pieces, corners and stuff like that? Then? William. Probably William, yeah. Or how? William, William Wilson. Wilson. The two Ws. William Wilson. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, we're fine in set pieces. I mean... Pereira is what he scored one goal or from a free kick. So in your you know in your lineup for uh, in your lineup for Chelsea, you've got Reed going to play right, or he's going to possibly be replaced. Well, no, I'm I'm saying I'm not I'm not casting opinion on it. I'm just um, saying I think he'll bring a Wobi in, but whether that's for Reed or Pereira is uh, you know that's what Marco's call is going to be. I think because he's come in for both of them in the last few games. I could see him starting. I just can't see where they put him uh, unless you drop somebody. Um... I think it'll be Reed, personally. I think Pereira. Um, I don't think so. William will start if he just played so much in the last game. No, I'll he's, he he, he's basically. Uh, Silva's also come out saying that William doesn't need a rest and he's also got the weekend to recover. You know, it's not, like, not a quick yeah. turnaround this time. I think William starts. I think Wilson starts. Um, and then two of three from. Uh, Awobi, Pereira, Reed, and then the defense is the same defense that played against Palace. I think uh, Bonatore drops to the bench. I think Tete, if he's fit, comes back onto the bench. But they go with Castagna, um, and then I think we see him. Yeah, I think I read he's still fifty-fifty. Okay. Yeah, then he won't. He's not going to start then because obviously Castagna's shown that he's more than yeah, capable. He'd be great. I, I really hope Adama Traore is back soon, just for the bench, because I, I always like seeing. Yeah, I'm not too sure. It's it's not really been made clear. I don't think it's actually been made clear at all. Um, mm. it, what's wrong with him? I, I think it must be some sort of injury, but hopefully he'll be back soon because he's perfect sort of guy to bring on uh, for this sort of game. I mean, we've got two Torres now. He has a thigh oh injury. yeah, we do have two Torres. Oh well, that makes sense. Yeah, and they're both quick yeah, yeah. as well. Which Sweet. Is great. Yeah, they need to grease them both up. They're going to have like baby oils. <laughs> we we also have yeah. we we have we have two Timothys as well. Sounds a bit weird. So it, you're talking a, a, a Castagna right? and Reem. Who? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. who oh, has sorry. the injuries? Oh, Adama. Who did you say? Adama. Yeah. Who's Adama? Adama. Well, he, <laughs> he, he's ruled out. Oh, is he? Again? Yeah, he, he, according to 
things. He, he has a thigh injury. He won't be back until the 7th, okay. possibly the 7th of oh, October. Enough. Now, the same thing goes with Lukic. Uh, he has groin. Supposedly he's ruled out until also the 7th. So, yeah, fair enough. Well, um, and there's an international Tete break. Tete is supposedly well, 50%. So. Tete is supposedly 50%. Um, it just says he has a small problem and that uh, he's being assessed 50% chance that he would okay. be out. I hope Willian scores again, but this time he doesn't do that really annoying thing that people do when they're against their old clubs and raise their hands as if like, oh, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. I hope he actually just celebrates this time. <laughs> it really annoys me when that happens. It happened once before with, I think it happened, I know exactly when it happened before. It really annoyed me when Ryan Babel scored against uh, Liverpool and he just sort of almost, like, you know when they sort of like back away, like almost so, almost like too, they overcompensate. They, they try and pretend... It, too much that it's it's an insult. So like they almost push the other players celebrating near them away. It's just sort of like just 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 celebrate the goal. You can just raise your hand and stuff like that. Anyway, I, I've I've just had a bit of a rant there. Don't know, <laughs> but yeah, that's fine. No, no, I get it. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think if he'd only just left. And he was a bit of, you know, he was a hero there, but he didn't. He had a couple of two, three yeah. years. If away. he does it again, I'll be really yeah, annoyed. Basically, so yeah. Oh yeah, no. If he does it again, you know. You yeah, William out, fuck him. Um, but yeah. so that's, um, I mean, guys, that, that, I mean, I'm happy to call it quits on, on Chelsea. There, I think um, I won't do a score prediction. I think we should all call it quits on I think, Chelsea. Yeah, everyone. I think I think everyone should call it quits. Let's on all Chelsea. retire that club. Yeah. It's such a shame. I think they're actually going to redo their stadium. I don't know. Would you like stay? It's actually a question to you. Would you rather that they did redid their stadium or moved? I know they can't technically move because of the Chelsea pitch owners, but. Do you think it actually is nice having them in Fulham, or is it annoying? And you actually rather they be in Chelsea? Yeah, I know. I, I, from a historical point of view, uh, it's quite nice the fact that we are so close geographically Fair. to them. Yeah, um, I think you know if we if they're going to do anything, it'd be better that they still have their, um, you know, still have their stadium down there in you know in Fulham. Obviously, obviously Fulham Road. You, you guys all know better than me, but I read don't, doesn't he want to or need to buy? Yeah, the, it's it's yeah. There's not yeah. people. I've delivered. Um, I've delivered food there before. A lot of people it's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite. It's. A... Why doesn't he? Why doesn't he just sort of like you know buy up all the places and then just phase out the old people gradually by with nature, and then just not well, let new ones come in. An American billionaire, so he's probably already thought of ways around that and yeah. how he's going to. I think he's. People, I think so. the new like he the new building will actually still actually have them living in a section of it it's just basically they just need to put them somewhere else temporarily while they redo the whole thing anyway we, we, I don't I don't think you could put people who live in a home somewhere temporarily and oh, I don't know anyway look, quick, quick, quick yeah that's quite <laughs> quits on Chelsea quits on Chelsea like we said we'd stop we said we'd stop and the old people we move on so let's um let's talk about this, the conversation that happens every year and I don't want to talk about it too much, but you guys are having a nice debate about it before we actually press record. But it's the ticket crisis once more. Uh, Manchester United, you know, appalling, uh, awful. And I'm not being sarcastic when I say that, everyone listening. It's just because we've done this so many times, I don't really know what to say anymore. Um, in my opinion, I mean, I think it's nice to hear that the FST today tweeted out that they're going to actually considering some sort of actual outside-the-box thinking of what they can do now in form of protest... I just think this will never really change until maybe they fix. I just I can't see a protest ever working. I'm too cynical. I'm too, I, I'm too no, cynical is the word. I think nothing will really change until they maybe try and revamp the membership scheme. But that's just my thoughts. I don't know what you think. I'll let you know. I, you go first. I, 
I saw a tweet where they were talking about okay, what would you do to, to protest? You know, would you uh, not buy a ticket or, you know, don't buy tickets, walk out? I can't remember the other ones, but the, the, the walkout one was the one that got the most votes. And I, I don't get that because you basically have already spent your money on the game and given them your money and now you're going to leave. It's not. It's not that. It's uh, you know a mass walkout on a, 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 during a game that's on TV um, is very apparent. It shows. Uh, you know, it raises the question to the wider public of as to why they're walking out. Um, but I, I think in this case, when you have a Twitter poll that garners you know a thousand votes and you know five hundred have said yeah, but if, you know you're not going to notice if five hundred people leave a stand. It's there, there is. I think there needs to be a a bigger thing done about it. But, and this is with my uh, boring businessman head on. The club would have already thought about this pricing structure. They would have already mm. known that this was going to uh, cause feathers to be ruffled amongst the fans. They will not care. And this is the thing: they wouldn't have done this uh, had they given a shit about what we think about the ticket prices. They would not have done it after the uh, anger that was directed towards them after the last, you know, when the ticket prices went over 100 quid or whatever it was. They know exactly what they're doing. They are not going to change because uh, the FST, you know, say to them, everyone's really pissed off. We're going to do this. They already know that everyone's pissed off. They know the FST are going to come to them and say this. I don't know what, um, you know, the guys there are planning. Good luck to them. And, you know, we'll support them if we can, um, you know, in with our small, you know, little bit of the sector that we have, Fulham fans. But the Khans and the commercial team are running this as a business. And you only have to look at and you know i know don you're not an nfl fan but you only have to look at the single match ticket prices of the jags or any nfl team to know that the cheapest ticket you can get is about 90 dollars, and that is in the back of a stand of a ground that holds about seventy thousand people now if you go towards the pitch you're looking at over 500 dollars for a single game and the fact that we're charging 150 quid for a, a ticket you know, or north of 150 quid, um, is they will look at that from a uh, you know commercial point of view and how it works in America and go, well, that's actually not too bad because you're getting to see, you know, the, some of the best stars in the world playing this game and this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, no, you're. It's it's not the point. You're kind of taking what was a working man's game and really putting the final nail in the coffin about what it really meant to be a football fan or a supporter of your local team because the club is now going the way of every other top Premier League side when we don't, you know, yes, we came 10th last season. We don't warrant prices of over 100 quid for a single match ticket. They're not aiming for Fulham fans. They're not trying to bring in a new... Uh, you know, new generation of fans with this pricing. They just want that money and they will put it down to FFP. They'll put it down to putting into transfers. But the reality is that the money wasn't going into transfers. The money that comes into transfers is probably our TV money, um, you know, whatever it might be, season tickets, um, any other commercial things that they have in the works. But getting that sort of extra, you know, 80 quid or whatever per ticket 
for the very few tickets that aren't season tickets in that stand, which are already astronomical, they're not making a huge amount of money. But when they get to the point when that Riverside stand opens, if it ever fucking does open, because, you know, rumour has it, it could be a long time before it's actually signed off by Hammersmith Fulham Council to be opened, as much as anything, um, they, you know, we will see those prices universally through that stand because it's the new shiny stand and they're going to want to bring those, uh, you know, single match ticket prices in because people come watching the Premier League. If we go into the Championship, I don't know what they're going to do then. They're going to have to backtrack and sort of like come between the t- with their tail between their legs to get the, the next generation of fans in because that's the only ones they're going to want to watch, watch it. So two, two things. Uh, one, in our chat group, Luke Sargent brings up a really good point. If you're going to charge those kind of prices, then you need to have the facilities. And he will point out, and as all of you know, you don't have good toilets. You don't have like incredible... Uh, or food. amenities, you know, in, in these different, yeah, in, in these different areas. Um, that That is a real big difference uh, I found when I come over to London and, and been to the, uh, to, to, to the cottage versus when I go to like an MLS game here in Atlanta, you know, the stadium here is, oh my God, state of the art. And you could pay, let's say you pay that 150 or whatever, you could pay to be in these areas where, yeah, the food's actually yeah. pretty damn good, and the selection of beers and you know cocktails is really really good. So, but you're paying for that, you know, and you're allowed actually to walk down by the side of the pitch and things like that. You can't do that at the cottage, yeah. so you have to find a way to justify that price. If you're not going to have the amenities that go along with it, as Luke said, you're, yeah, why being would you by pay the river this? and having a nice little house in the corner isn't enough, and like, and and a, and a gigantic new stand like Tottenham Hotspur don't even have the same sort of prices as us, and they've got one of the best stadiums in Europe. They usually get into the top six every year. Have an incre- have their own brewery, have a cheese room for fuck's sake, which is actually something Fulham should have, knowing our fan base. But you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just feel like I don't understand. So it's the question that we always tend to ask ourselves when these prices keep on raising is like, who who do we think we are here? Because this is we are not we are not a t- aside yet anyway. Like chasing for Europe or in Europe or, or going for cups or titles yet yeah, anyway so it's just it just feels like there's a complete uh, lack of understanding of, of who we think we are or who the owners think we are and the reason go on Don so well I, I think you know you guys have said this before and I'm just going to reiterate and give you the American side tourist side of this thing you, you, the locals are being priced out the, the true diehard fans are being priced out the the Charging for, I have to pay however much money for my five-year-old son to be able to come watch a game, you know, where it used to be free. That, that, those are the things that are pricing out your future fans. For me, as an American, I've been over there, uh, you know, specifically planned my trips around seeing Fulham play six different times. So I've seen them like a total of uh, uh, nine times, I believe. Because um, what I try to do is I'll plan the trip to where I'll see a home and away or two home games somehow. My point is this, when I used to come over, it was reasonable. And I, and I would be like, yeah, well, we're doing that. And no, I'm not going to go see Arsenal. I'm not going to go see Spurs. I'm not going to go see, you know, Chelsea because their prices were two times more expensive or, or so astronomical that I, I just couldn't justify seeing one match of their so-called top premier league teams versus I could see two of Fulham. Well, that's changing. And I'm going to change the way I look at coming over to see Fulham now, me personally, because 
I can't justify coming over and being able to see two games if they're going to be those kind of prices. That's just me. I know a lot, a lot of Americans will. They'll say, oh, but God, you, it's a once-in-a-lifetime chance. Well, I've been there. I've done that. I can't justify doing yeah. it again. If every game is going to be like that. And their, their argument will always it. be that actually the, while the season ticket prices are the way they are, then actually the, 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 the loyal, in inverted commons, fans, which is, we are loyal for season ticket holders, I suppose, because we pay that money up front. But like, until that really gets to a point that's unacceptable, I don't believe there'll be a protest like, like big enough to... I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I just don't really see it happening until actually people are actually priced out. And I feel like we're more outraged for the, the, the growing of the fan base and new people coming in rather than ourselves at the moment. I feel like everyone, it's not going to happen until the season t- tickets really like get uh, like astronomically bad, which isn't far off, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the argument to say that, uh, you know, from the, from the cons, from whoever it is, to say that season ticket prices are reasonable... Um, therefore, you know, we're happy with our stru- uh, ticketing pricing is, I think it's quite insulting, to be honest, because there are a lot of fans out there who have been following Fulham through thick and thin over the decades and just they can't justify the price for a season ticket in, you know, especially in this economic climate. And, you know, I, I got myself a season ticket because, I, well, I just thought, well, you know, I could get, I got one for like whatever it was, six hundred eighty quid or something, and I thought, well, if I can't make it, then I can put it on the exchange stuff. I know that I can't make every uh, home game. You know, I've got you know life to deal yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people do, and a lot of people travel from afar now. You know, people who grew up watching Fulham, they grew up in you know the borough of Hammersmith and Fulham, who have you know they've got older, they've moved out into the leaf uh, the leafy greener parts of. England, yet they still travel in for games. They might not be able to uh, justify getting themselves a season ticket, but they will come in as much as they can. And if they're now being told that they have to pay a minimum of 70 quid just to sit in, you know, H1 or H8, you know, not even like the best sort of view lines or the seats that they had before. I mean, Johnny Hainstein, I mean, fucking hell, you can't charge over 100 quid for a game in a stand that while it oozes history, and I love that stand to bits, still has restricted yeah. sightlines in, you know, in the most part. And facilities are bad. Uh, you know, it's cramped seats. They are, you know, yes, I get it when you sort of like see these American stadiums or, you know, Spurs Stadium. Or, you know, the new stadiums that are being built and they have all these amenities, this and the other, as, you know, Don was saying. Um, but we don't. We are a traditional football ground that does not have those. We have a few, uh, you know street food-esque places in the Riverside stand and whatnot. But, I mean, that's kind of where the uh, the uh, the American experience, in inverted commas, kind of ends. So it's just... It is purely, purely the greed of being a Premier League team that we now are, uh, that we're able to charge these prices, knowing full well that there will be plenty of people who want to go and see Man United play. They're going to give a fuck about Fulham. Mm. The majority of the people that will pay 150 quid are there to see... They'll Manchester all sell out as well. That's the main problem here. Exactly. That, that's, that's the thing. And, you know, that will it will affect the atmosphere. It will affect the team's chance of winning. Obviously, you know, the, the majority of this uh, tickets sold in that ground will either be 
the hardcore away fans, and you know, man, you always bring a good following. Oh yeah, I see them in the hammy end at the front. They're away. I see them at the hammy end at the front fucking row every time. <laughs> it's it's awful. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that, there's that, those those ones. But I mean, the actual United fans, they always make. Yeah, they do. Yeah. We'll, you know, we'll have fifteen thousand season ticket holders who are you know true Fulham fans, and then there will be a good, you know, few thousand of fans that are there purely to sort of you know stargaze at the United team even though there's not much to stargaze at at the moment and I just think you know if we see uh, United fans in the crowd they need to be called out immediately because and I think actually sort of keeping an eye on how many have actually got in there needs to be actually that's one of the things that the FST need to be aware of is how many instances of United fans in the home sections uh, are called out but then will the club care probably not because if we're going the American route again home and away fans mix yeah. there is no issue there you know they don't have that um, the uh, uh, the tribal hold on now what they do so but, I the, mean the, you might so, get so the, the, the American side of things like society and everything else nowadays it, it's gotten chaotic and crazy so you can't point to the American games and say oh yeah you've got the away and home fans together okay but they are there are people that but they're getting in fights like crazy nowadays well maybe that's the thing maybe that's the time that maybe they're going to head away from sort of like um, unsegregated sections American sports are going to have to go away and they're going to have to do more like you guys I think it's going to have to be more segregated with home and away because people are dying in these different events you know uh, some of them are relate, not related and some of them are related but still the amount of fights that is going on that are just crazy where people are getting knocked out and beaten to hell to but death. then uh, how long until that happens at Fulham if you get a guy like a Man U fan who buys himself a ticket in H5 up near the back thinking oh good I've got myself a ticket and he jumps up when United score and some guy who's had a few beers or whatever decides to knock him the fuck mm. out. You know, my, I won't say it's justified, but <laughs> um, and he and he bangs his head. Yeah, it'd and, be awful. You know, goes with coke. Whatever. It would be horrific. But how long will we have to sort of watch this happen before an accident occurs? I'm not saying someone's going to go out and sort of purposely kill someone. I'm saying that these things uh, tend to boil over in the heat of the moment. So I, I think, think that's got to be very carefully thing. managed. You're, 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 what you're talking about, Morgan, is, is the sad truth that sadly, and it's just not football, it's all kinds of things. It, it takes an extreme event, an extreme bad situation to happen of unfortunate events that you know, could, have, could have been stopped, have been foreseen, but nobody wants to deal with. And it takes a really bad situation like that, you say, or uh, an incident, and then all of a sudden, oh, God, we got to do something. How, how, did, how did this happen? Where Maybe the hell did this come from? Maybe we need a big situation from? like a protest like the FST might organize soon. I mean, when I say that I'm, like, bored of this, I'm, I'm obviously it's I'm, it just stinks, and I'm just bored of actually just the club always just not listening and being greedy, etc. but we'll see. I, I think we all think it stinks here at Fulham Focus, and of course we will uh, support anything the FST want to do. That's that's first and foremost. But I think, yeah, just say, you know, good luck to them. I think they're, you know, they are going to be in for a, a massive battle with uh, a panel of people that do not care about what they think in this respect. I think they'll listen to them about, you know, 
toilets yeah, or yeah. uh Hammersmith End or you know something to do with safety or you know people's having to queue to get beer at half time they're not going to care about what they think about the business side of things they'll put in some token gesture like 10 quid tickets for Burnley at home or something mm. like that as a oh look look what we've done now you know what I can imagine them doing sorry I said I'd wrap this up but you know you know that the other counter argument some awful sort of uh, nuanced guy in the corner who's playing devil's advocate would say they'd say that look how many empty seats there were when it was cheap last night for Norwich for 30 quid so what's your argument for saying that we need to make them cheap? do you know what I mean like I, I, I'm t- it's just like it's, I can imagine them saying something yeah. really muggy like that but anyway well, I, I, yeah no yeah, I, I but anyway we, we, we should put an end to that there and I think we might actually wrap this whole pod up in general what do you think lads I think should we? We should probably. We should probably finish well, I don't nice. can't think of anything nice now. I'm so depressed from all that. I'm just like um, people are dying. I mean, that was what. That's what the, uh, what's what's are, aren't the academy? Aren't the academy teams doing really nice? Oh yeah, they're they do doing really yeah. well, aren't they? Yeah. No, they beat yeah. West Brom three 0 the other day. They uh, the youth team came back from a goal down to win five one or something against Crystal Palace at the weekend. I mean, the future is bright. I was about to say. I was about to say the future is bright. The future is white, but that sounds like a really bad slogan. Yeah, it's not good. That's <laughs> not good at all. The future is the future is black and white, and that's uh, and that's the way it should always yeah, okay. be. Oh yeah, nice that's one. Nice. All yeah. right, lads, <laughs> very um, good. All right, well, look, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Thank you to my lovely co-host. Thank you to Don for producing and for co-hosting, and thank you for Morgs for being a lovely co-host as well. We'll be back. We'll be back next week with a reaction to Chelsea and a preview to Sheffield United. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're here, please tell your friends about us. We're on all social media outlets, blah, 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 blah. and stay safe. Thank you very much. Fulham.